Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And what's more, depending on where you're listening, what time zone, happy International Women's Day if it's uh, Tuesday with you, the 8th of March. And if it's not, maybe happy International Women's Day week or month. And, you know, let's hope we really do break the bias. Absolutely. And today we've got a great champion for women on the show. She really champions for more women and diversity in general in the businesses that she works with. Certainly does. Our guest's name is Vered Raviv Schwartz. And Vered has spent the past 20 years in disruptive tech companies, all based in Israel. These days, she's president and chief operating officer for Guesty. Now, Guesty is a property management platform and it offers software that's used by people renting out short-term and vacation rental properties around the world. And before Guesty, Verid spent nearly six years at the freelancer marketplace Fiverr as chief operating officer. And prior to that, she was a lawyer and general counsel at other tech companies. And we've been really struck by what a smart operator and thinker Verid is. Yeah, we certainly have. Now, in this episode, you'll hear a lot of great advice, including how some of the best advice Vered was given and now gives to others herself changed the course of her entire career, why she's passionate about making tech companies more diverse, and more importantly, what she's doing about it, how she helps companies successfully scale and grow globally, and why Verid's a great believer in being able to make decisions quickly. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with the switched on and dedicated Vered Raviv Schwartz. Vered Raviv Schwartz, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. It's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you. And where are you talking to us today from? I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel. Fantastic. Ah, And what's the weather like there today? Oh, it's quite nice. It's about 20 degrees. We usually have very mild winters. Brilliant. I know you've been to Tel Aviv, Claire. I have. I have. I loved it. I really want to go. Well, we can't wait to get into learning more about your amazing career, Vered. And, you know, the way we typically start our conversations is to ask you, if you were to meet someone at a dinner party for the very first time and they said, oh, what do you do? How would you answer that question? Hi, I'm Verid Raviv Schwartz, President and COO of Guesty. Guesty is a short-term rental property management software company. 
which enables property managers around the world to optimize and operationalize their short-term rental management business. Ah, That's what I would say very shortly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, is there a story varied for how you came to be in, in your current role and industry with Guesty? Yes, of course. So I've been in the Israeli tech uh, industry for over 20 years, and Guesty is my fifth company. Prior to Guesty, I was at Fiverr, a company that is today a public company, a digital marketplace of services. And after six years there, I was looking for my next challenge and uh, found the world of Guesty and short rentals fascinating. It's a growing market touching our lives, disrupting the way we work, live, and travel. And I really wanted to take part in that story. And of course, I love the team, the founder and CEO, Amiad Soto. I felt I can really contribute a lot to the growth of Guesty. Yeah, you know, that sounds really intriguing. And, you know, you've got a very senior role there, your COO and president. What's the best part of the work you do there? Well, I think the best part about being president and CEO is that you touch all parts of the company. You're involved in a lot of decision-making. You see how different departments uh, work together and find synergies to help the company grow and become more efficient. And I just love people, love working with people, love watching them evolve and grow in their roles. And I get to do a lot of that in my role as president and CEO. Yeah, it sounds like a really perfect role for you. And what was your background prior to that? Because I'm sure there might be people sort of sitting there thinking, yeah, actually, I'd really love to be a COO. What are the stepping stones? <laughs> it's interesting because I think that there isn't one path towards becoming a COO. And also different people in different companies define the role in a different way. It could mean a lot of things for a lot of people. The way I started was actually being a lawyer. It's not, I think, the 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 traditional path one would expect, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) for a tech company. But I started being a lawyer doing M&As and uh, IPOs for tech companies mostly. And in the year 2000, we call it the year of the first bubble. (laughs) Absolutely. When there were a lot of companies growing and going public, I joined my first company. It was Radware, when they were a relatively young company just going public and started as a general counsel and over time enhanced my role in different ways. And that's definitely a tip I always give people in general and women specifically, don't be afraid to take on more roles and responsibilities, expand your roles in different ways, and that's the way for you to grow. So after being general counsel, I then added global operations to my role in other parts until by the time I joined Fiverr, I became COO of Fiverr. Yeah, that's great advice. And what would you say as a COO, what's the most important skill you need to have? Oh, wow. Uh, It's quite a lot, but I think that One of the things that helped me is really having that bird's eye view of the business, having a very holistic approach to understanding where do we need to be in three years and in five years and not just looking about today and tomorrow, but really trying to build the infrastructure and building blocks to scale. 
a lot of what I try to do in the different companies I join is really help them scale and grow. Once there is a product market fit, we know what we're doing, but how do we expand globally? How do we build the organizational structure correctly for growth? How do we scale and optimize processes and procedures? A lot of that takes a very broad view of the business, and that's where I try to be. So you need to be, I guess, very analytical, think about a lot of details, and of course, be a people's person, because at the end of the day, it's all about people understanding what's right for the organization, who can manage what, who can take on what responsibilities, and who's the best person to succeed in different roles. You know, I think your role just seems to be so broad. I imagine that you've had to really develop some serious skills and habits to successfully kind of get through the things you need to get through. What would you say are one or two habits that have really helped make you the success you are today? First thing, hard work. You really can't do anything without that. A lot of people think that there are any shortcuts that aren't, right? Yeah. You have to, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I don't know if I should call myself a workaholic, but I think a lot about my work, about issues at work that, you know, trouble me about how to succeed, about how to overcome obstacles. And I spent a lot of time doing that, educating myself about issues and thinking about them. But the other thing that I think is a really important habit for a CEO is the ability to make decisions quickly. So I can spend time reading and learning, but at the end of the day, you have to take decisions and understanding that not taking a decision is also a decision. Think of COVID as an example, okay? You could stall and say, well, let's wait and see what's going to happen and what's going to transpire and wait another week and another month. And then you'll lose out because you didn't take the decisions quickly. At Guesty, we took the decision very quickly to create a new budget, to manage expenses very early on. And that enabled us to actually cut less expenses because we were very quick about it. If we were to wait, maybe we had to suffer damages that we didn't suffer because we took a quick decision. Yeah, I think that's a great example, isn't it? And it is so true that it's very easy to forget that just by sort of kicking a decision down the line, it's not necessarily helpful, is it? You just maybe magnify the this, the things at stake with that decision when it comes time to then finally have to act on it. And what about advice, you know, in terms of if you look back on your career, have there been sort of pivotal moments where someone's given you advice that have really helped you shift gears and take more than just an incremental sort of step forward in your growth? I can think of two things. One, when I was a young lawyer, my manager, who was a partner in the firm, told me, Varad, always listen before you talk. <laughs> it seems like simple advice. But it's really important in negotiations. And it could be negotiations with a partner or vendors. It could be negotiation with your boss about your compensation or with an employee or with anyone in your life. Listen before you talk. First of all, understand the position of the other party and only then speak and decide because you might learn something by listening before voicing your own opinions and thoughts. So that's one piece of advice that I found very helpful. And the other piece of advice, which I also give others, is 
to take risks. For example, when I took on the VP of Global Operations role at Beckett Media Mind, I had to think about it. I said, I've never done it before. And my manager, Dan, who was also a, a, an amazing woman, by the way, Sarit Firon, told me, you should not be afraid of doing something you haven't done before. And I think that's great advice to anyone. You can't really climb that ladder without taking a first step every time. Yeah. Did she also then expand why, you know, you shouldn't be afraid? Because a lot of people are. It's just human nature, isn't it? If you haven't tried something before, you can feel quite fearful about doing it. And I totally agree. You just got to step in. But was how did she sort of bring you to that point where you also agreed with that? Well, I think for her, what she said is that, and again, it's advice I took on with me. She says, you need to expand your role and by taking on additional responsibilities, whether those are, you know, the responsibilities you planned on taking or responsibilities that are different than the ones you, you wanted to take. Because I wanted to take on like more business development responsibilities and what was available is, you know, global operations. And she thought that would be the best fit for me. And she told me, whatever you do to expand your role, it will enrich your knowledge, really enrich your experience, allow you to do greater things. And in fact, that was the case. And I think that was the stepping stone that eventually led me to take on the COO role in the next company. Absolutely. And how do you personally deal with that fear that we all feel when we do put our hand up to do something that we don't feel we know how to do or perhaps don't feel like we've got the um, capability yet to do? What do you do personally? Yeah, well, first of all, it's funny. A a lot of people ask me about the imposter syndrome. It's something that everyone talks about, that feeling that you're doing something and maybe you're not really qualified to do it and maybe you don't know how to do it well enough and maybe people think that you're smart but you're not really smart. And I say that over time, as you get older, I just have less of that, right? I'm just saying to myself, okay, if I've made it like this far, if I've succeeded in, you know, X number of places, maybe I am doing something right. And maybe I shouldn't be worried about being an imposter because I'm not. I'm (laughs) really just good at what I do. So I, I think a lot of it comes with experience. But what I also tell people when they're not sure Create a network of peers, talk to people, ask questions. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid to ask what you don't know. When I first took on the role of global operations, this is an example. I've never done it before. So I reached out to VPs of operations in other companies and asked them, what do you do? What makes you a success? What should I be worried about? What should I focus on? Also read a lot about the topic. So don't be afraid to learn and educate yourself and ask people that are successful at that role what makes them a success. Yeah, that's really smart advice. And I love that. And if you had to pick a moment or an achievement, which one would you say has been the most impactful to your sort of career journey and progression? (sighs) Well, I think there are quite a few of them. I think in every company, and I was very fortunate to feel that I've made an impact. I mean, I took companies public, I bought companies, I sold companies, but I think what I really love and where I find I have the most impact is in scaling companies. So if 
I look at Fiverr, for example, I joined them as the first executive on top of the founders uh, when we were only 40 people and left when we were hundreds of people before going public. So in, in that respect, I felt that I've really made an impact and shaped the company's growth patterns, the culture even, the way they were able to scale and create a solid infrastructure for scale. So I think that is where I found myself to be most impactful. Yeah, yeah. And I guess then you get known for that. And so then opportunities open up. I mean, that's the thing with something like Fiverr and again with Guesty is you're not only making an impact within the company, but you're really shaping people's lives, the freelancers who are using Fiverr around the world. It's got really quite a reach and there's a real parallel there with Guesty, isn't there? Yep, there is. I think that in both worlds, in Fiverr, I felt we helped change the way people work. And in Guesty, in a sense, we helped change the way people travel and live even. And earn. And earn, yeah, in both places, earn. The ability to start your own business, become a self-made entrepreneur is something that's common to both companies. I really find myself attracted to those disruptive technologies that touch our everyday life. We talk about technologies, but, you know, it could be cybersecurity and it could be those platforms that allow people to really change their lives on a daily basis. And I think I'm just more fascinated by those types of technologies. Yeah. Now, as it happens, you know, this episode is going to air and going live on International Women's Day. I know you're really passionate about supporting women and women in business. How do you think Guesty as a platform can help female entrepreneurs become sort of more involved in the real estate industry? Yeah, I'm really happy you asked this question because it's something I really love about Guesty and I try to promote. I think that the rise of travel tech in the sharing economy has served in a sense as an equalizer, uh, minimizing the barriers and the gender gaps that we see in business and in pay. Because traditionally, women uh, find it more difficult sometimes to get investments to start their business. And with the gig economy, you really don't need any upfront investment. Anyone can start a short-term rental business. If you're passionate about hospitality, if you can provide great customer service, you can even start with one property or with two properties, manage them, grow your business, attract more homeowners or real estate investors that will allow you to grow your business. And we have amazing stories of uh, women in the industry that really started small and now manage dozens or even hundreds of properties and have created a large business, employing a lot of other employees and really creating opportunities for themselves and others. So I really find that our platforms enables them to grow their business efficiently and effectively. So very, we're hopefully at the end of the pandemic, but who knows, I guess, thanks to the um uncertainties around future variants and the like. But I imagine COVID through the proverbial cat amongst the pigeons for the guesty business. And as you alluded to at one point earlier, you know, there was you had to make early decisions on budgets. But how would you summarize, you know, your your journey in the last two years? 
I'm really proud of our journey during COVID because the first thing we did is, <laughs> I think first thing is not to panic, right? <laughs> Say, okay, global pandemic, travel industry, let's see what we should make of it. And we took very smart decisions very early on. If it's, you know, being smart with predicting different scenarios, a more pessimistic and a more optimistic one and adjusting budgets accordingly and keeping our finger on the pulse on a weekly basis. We had weekly calls with team to make sure that they don't panic and they are very much aware of what's going on. We kept in close touch with our customers and immediately thought how we would help them. So instead of being worried only about ourselves, we immediately offered discounts and payments released to our customers. We immediately created an info center about COVID on the guestie site and allowed customers to get a lot of data and information from us and even tips on how to pivot their business for new customer personas. For example, moving from global travel to domestic travel. What should you do? How should you market differently? What should you be thinking about? So really spend our time trying to help our customers. That's number one trying to help our employees ease into the new reality of working from home and, you know, sometimes with kids running around and with with a lot of anxiety related to the pandemic in general. And also trying to think, okay, what can we do differently? What can we, how can we make lemonade out of these lemons? Worked a lot with our strategy team around, you know, thinking of consolidation in the industry, new partnerships. We've made several acquisitions throughout the last two years because we thought it's a good opportunity to join forces with other companies and see how we become stronger together. So I really think that in any time of crisis, keeping calm and thinking what's the best route going forward is the way to go. And I'm really, really proud of our team and what they've achieved in the past two years. Yeah, I think that's that's super smart. And I love the fact that you've focused on your customer. Well, you must have had all kinds of, in the early days, kind of tech considerations just for the whole shift to working from home. You know, I know every company and every yeah. <laughs> company was struggling thinking through whether it was the ergonomics or the cybersecurity, the security aspects of suddenly having a distributed workforce. Yeah, but I think a lot of it, and there are a lot of logistical moving parts involved, but a lot of it was how to keep the team together, united, feeling like they're a part of one company when all of a sudden everyone's working from home. And to a certain extent, there was actually an advantage because we already had remote offices at Guesty. We currently have 13 offices worldwide. And since we already had global offices all of a sudden, everybody was at the same spot, right? Instead of me being on Zoom and 10 people being in the room together, speaking over each other, we're all in those little squares on Zoom and we're all equal in a sense. So I do feel that we also found ways to communicate better and to make everybody feel included as a result of COVID. And we're trying to take those advantages with us to the next stages of the company. Now, you know, we've been talking about the power of technology and, you know, you have worked in technology businesses, you said, I think for the last 20 odd years. What have you found has really helped you succeed in, you know, really what can be said to be a man's world, or certainly it was 20 years ago? What's Hmm. helped you succeed and really 
stay true to yourself? First of all, I'm happy to say that it is no longer a man's world. Still, men make up the majority of the tech industry. I think we are getting closer to parity, not yet, but closer. At Guesty, as an example, 45% of the workforce is women. Right. Of course, I want it to be more than 50%, but still 45% is not bad for our industry. And I think I've always tried to remain true to myself, uh, create a culture around me that I felt is appropriate and allows for diversity and inclusion and make anyone joining my companies feel like they're a part of the family, a part of the culture, that they have a place even to be different. I think that when you start to have more people of diverse backgrounds, and it could also be diverse industries or diverse backgrounds of any sort, you create a more uh, welcoming environment and uh, an environment that welcomes different voices and different ideas. And at the end of the day is more creative. I try to promote that wherever I go. I also try to help women in the industry in different ways. So if it's joining forums where we provide mentorship uh, opportunities to women in the industry, and it could be in the travel tech and it could be in the tech community in general, I try to be active in those different forums and help younger women succeed in their career and think about how they can uh, get ahead and continue to move forward. It's awesome to have somebody like you really taking such an active role. I wish everybody did. Yeah, and I think we we can all do the little things about, you know, talk about the gender gap and find ways and solutions to narrow it. I'll give you a very simple example. Everybody's talking about the gender pay gap. In certain countries, women earn 70 cents to a dollar. Sometimes it's 80 cents to a dollar. It's... (laughs) Probably never. I I don't think there are a lot of cases where it's more than 80%. And you can, as a manager or as a leader, you can do something about it. You can do an audit and make sure that men and women in your company get the same compensation for the same type of work. It's not a difficult process. Anyone can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there there are a lot of things you can do to make the world a little more diverse and a little more equal to different genders and different people. Couldn't agree with you more. This is a final and last question, and it's quite a big question. But, you know, <laughs> for, for you, Varen, what does success look like? I think I may surprise you here. A lot of people think success is fame or fortune. The thing I really love and find to be my definition of success is impacting the lives of others. The most rewarding thing I had in my career is having employees that I, you know, managed and mentors, seeing them get to the highest leadership positions means success for me, means that I've empowered others to find their own path and find their success. And I think that's very rewarding. Well, what a fantastic articulation of what success should be. Farid, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We've really, really enjoyed the conversation and the opportunity to meet you. If our listeners wanted to get in touch or understand more about Guesty, where would they go? 
Well, they can go to www.guesty.com. There's a lot of information on our site. Also a lot of just general educational information about the industry, about trends. We have a lot of data that we're sharing. So I think it could be very exciting, even if you're not in the short-term rental industry. And you can uh, follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter, where I share a lot of thoughts and information as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we wish you all the best and lots and lots of success. Thank you, Claire and Greta. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Bird's advice about not being afraid to take on more responsibilities in your career, it's really powerful, isn't it? I mean, it certainly changed her path dramatically. You know, she went from being a general counsel in a couple of different companies to now being president and COO. Yeah, it certainly did. And, you know, I loved what she did when starting out in operations for the first time as she expanded her responsibilities away from law. You know, how she reached out to other heads of operations in different companies and asked them some really smart questions, you know, such as what do you do and what makes you a success? And what should I be worried about? What should I focus on? Yeah, I really love that idea. You know, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about doing that and reaching out in such a thoughtful and thorough way. It's such a great thing to do. And, you know, not only would you learn lots, but you'd actually then also simultaneously form a great network of people doing the same things as you, which is just great for the sort of going forward in in your pathway there. Yeah, exactly. And what I really love is she makes sure she pays it forward by trying to help others who approach her as much as she can. Yeah, she's clearly really passionate about mentoring and supporting her team as well and helping them grow and uh, succeed. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned for another mini episode next week and then we'll be back the week after with a fascinating discussion with a woman who went from country manager at Google to chief commercial officer for a luxury global hotel chain just before the pandemic hit. And it's an awesome conversation. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone, and ciao for now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.